0: have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Stand by for the hook.
1: Welcome to The Hook with Katie Kempner, Vice President of Agency Communications at Crispin Porter and Bogusky, the most awarded advertising agency in the world, every Tuesday at the intersection of advertising and PR. The Hook, where Katie talks with advertising visionaries, top journalists, cutting-edge creatives, authors, and PR gurus. Hear what these industry insiders have to say about the changing landscape of advertising and PR today. Now, here's your host, Katie Kempner.
2: Hello, I'm Katie Kempner. Today is Tuesday, February 20th, and you are listening to The Hooks, where each week I talk to advertising, branding, and public relations insiders who are both leading and covering the industry. My hope is that by listening to my various guests, you will find new forms of inspiration and ideas that you can use in what you do. So today promises to be a very interesting show, and what I've been looking forward to. I will be talking to my friend and former colleague, David Rolfe, Production Director uh, of Content at DDB Chicago. Just a little bit about Dave before I introduce him, or as an introduction, I should say. He joined DDB Chicago in September of 2005 in a new role of Director of Branded Production. And after a year of making a significant impact on DDB clients, including creating a television show with Google and Disney for Office Max, which I definitely want to talk about, and overseeing the agency's involvement in the Anheuser-Busch launching of the online entertainment network, Bud TV, which I also want to talk about. David was promoted to his current position, Production Director of Content, where he oversees all broadcast and branded productions at one of the world's most awarded agencies. And before he worked at that, he worked at another one of the world's most awarded agencies, mm-hmm. CPB. Dave, welcome to the show.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. This is, this is really cool. <laughs>
2: this is really cool. I'm glad we connected now. Should, should you be David or
3: Dave? Um you know you call which one do you call me i mean which whichever one it is I go by both. I think sometimes casually I go by Dave, but other times I say David, so it who knows. It's, it's you can confusing. call me Rolf. Well, well I you know call you're me Rolf? Which is this, what this everyone are, really like, actually
2: calls. Me. I'll call, I can I can call you David. Okay, perfect. I'll call, I'll call you David. Hey, so one of the things I see here in your uh, bio which I didn't get to is that you enjoy drinking expensive tasting wine. And I had to <laughs> ask you, did that mean it has to be expensive or it only has to taste
3: expensive? It only has to taste expensive. That's the key. You know, I mean, and you can have expensive wine or you can have non-expensive wine, but but if you find the right wine, it will always at least taste expensive. Uh, <laughs>
2: So how are you doing? Are you you're in New York today? I hear.
3: I'm in New York. Yeah, I haven't been here for a while. It's uh, it's it's nice to be running around. I I literally have been so busy today that I just um, basically broke into the W Hotel so I could get to a phone to speak to you at this time.
2: <laughs> well, I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> no, it was it was it
3: was, they they knew I was a man on a mission. Let me tell you, but uh, <laughs> but it's great to talk to you. <laughs>
2: Thank you. So I want to start today by talking about something that I know. Is very important to you and interesting to you, and it's it's the role of production and the role of the agency executive producer that's sort of emerging in in this new um, way of looking at content.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, it's 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 something that's really it's something that I'm really driven by, and I I think that it's. Uh, I think that well I guess we don't know our own strength in some way in terms of the sort of quote unquote executive level of, of production, especially in the agency world and and maybe we're starting to learn more how to mirror the way it is on the production side as in the as in the production you know the guys at the production company world um, mm-hmm. and and that we're going out and, and we're able to pioneer and make ideas even bigger than than uh, than were they than when they were conceived and obviously producers do that. That producers make great ads. they get a you know sort of a piece of paper and they're, they're a script and they're charged with the with the uh, with the role of trying to make it as as great as possible. but now, because our ideas extend in so many different directions um, the, you know, and I, I do say that a creative unit works all together, a creative director and then the, the creatives involved and then the producer, but I think that the the role of the producer is even more strengthened now in terms of finding additional partners and, and, and other ways as we create more out of, our, out of our content, more out of our ideas. And I don't think it's quite, we haven't gotten there yet in terms of executive producers really assuming this and it being, I think, a, a particularly notable thing in our biz, but I think it's going in that direction that we can really truly be inventive people and and bring new talent and new relationships to the fold that can create that can you know bring uh, more opportunities for the ideas
2: but now what does that mean to sort of the more traditional executive agency producer that's used to just you know making TV commercials.
3: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I mean, it means that I, I think that, you know, I mean, when we, we listen to all the things that are happening in our business in terms of nontraditional work, I think that we, if you study them, you'll see that there's always somebody new involved. You know, in the TV show that we talked about before, I, you know, I kind of partnered with a, with a guy as in terms of on the executive producer level with a, with a guy at ABC Family. So I was working with somebody completely new, um, and, and we kind of went out and got him. I mean, that was something that was forged by Office Max and DDB and, and myself and the account guy, and we had meetings with him. But these are situations where I've stayed in touch with this guy at ABC Family, and we're still talking about other opportunities. So anything that could come into place at DDB, uh, you know, or an idea or any sort of idea where if you go out and talk to these various different vendors or various different parties or executives or who, whoever, whomever it might be, you have no idea what could be created out of that. So I think that agency producers just need to listen more and to remember that some of the relationships that they make or some of the some of the people that might inspire them, they can actually go out and meet and they can create meetings and 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 bring those relationships to the agency and bring it to the creative department.
2: Are a lot of agencies doing that now or that's not really how people are for for the most part. I mean, you know, well, I think that's yeah.
3: yeah, I understand. I think that's because of the it's much easier on this sort of executive level because I think that you find a little bit more versatile versatility with producers on that level because, you know, they, they have a sort of bigger picture notion of, of what's happening in a, in a production department and what's having with, happening with ideas in production at the, at the agency. Um, so it's I do think it's more difficult, but I think it's going to become more and more. I, I just think there's a lot of opportunity for, well, I think there's, 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 there's a need for opportunistic producers and whether they're young or whether they're executive level or what have you, I think that there's, there's going to be openings for people to look at ideas in innovative ways.
2: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what, cause we're talking sort of on the big grand scale of things. Let's talk about your job, what you do. Can you sort of break it down for us? Well, do, David?
3: No. <laughs> I uh, I love breaking down. So no, the, uh, the, um, I started out as, as director of brand and production and, and I, and that was just because I had so much uh, non-traditional long-form, um, experience at Crispin and, and cause Crispin is extraordinary at it basically and it's just a great experience on that level. So we kind of created a new position at DDB, um, or that's what Grant Hill, uh, created for me in, in DDB. And I, I think that I, I loved it, and it, it worked just fine, but I did go in there with the core belief that in the end you can't really separate production you can't really se- separate production and even a, a creative department's output in terms of sort of branded production on one end versus um, you know TV commercials or traditional advertising like I figured that the, the faster we could merge the two, the sort of branded production or long form or, or what have you enterprise with just the the, the standard. Notion of just creating work and creating content, the better. So I, that ultimately happened pretty, you know, within a matter of months, and that I, I became really the head of the, all the producers. So really, I started out kind of in a, a little bit of a silo, but certainly working closely with with the creative department and, and with uh, and with other producers. But it kind of became commission or, or sorry, official about mm-hmm. six months ago, and then it's gone and it's gone forward from there. So what I'm doing right now is it, one of the things that attracts me about DDB and bigger aid. Season. you know we have big clients and anytime you 've got a big client they have they have uh, needs in terms of content i mean that's that's the thing that um, whether we 're creating the work or not there's no question that our clients need new thinking and so I'm working with account people and working with you know producers and working with creative directors and looking for opportunities to 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 f- do unique work and do different work and helping the agency with regard to that and then at the same time I, off, I also oversee the production department in general but what I've really worked hard to try to do is to try to merge the thinking so everybody has an opportunity to do you know any sort of work and I know that that exists at Crispin already, um, but other production departments i know um I know the producers uh, thirst for it in, in any agency. And mm-hmm. so we're just trying to bring it bring that opportunity to everybody.
2: Well, let me so ask that's you a my question. Role I mean, a, my role of is course, just without that saying at anything that, you know, would disturb the people that you work for now, but just, I mean, it must've been really challenging going from a place like here. And, and, uh, my friend, Rob Walker, who, uh, for the New York Times, he, he was giving me a magazine section. He was giving me some uh, little pointers and he said, I refer to CBB too much, which is going to be very hard not to do in this show since that's our common experience, but...
3: I do the, I do the exact same thing. <laughs> See, <laughs> but, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to not say we. My we, new we is CDB. <laughs>
2: Coming from a place like this, where sort of change is, I mean, expected and insisted upon. To, I mean, DDB is a great agency and it has a terrific reputation. But still, in all, in the sense of getting things changed, it's a huge company to try to change things
3: within. Yeah, I mean, I was. I mean, we're we're bringing about. I mean, they're inviting change in general. I mean, it's on every Mm -hmm. floor and 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 you know everywhere you'll find people that are very much embracing change and and wanting to wanting to learn and wanting to be sort of aggressive about redefining ourselves mm-hmm. and you know, i'm finding that 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 i'm finding that everywhere um uh you know i, I did I do think there's a need, there's just, it's just, I just find it very exciting. I just don't, I think that it can be looked at fearfully, but I just think that if we have our client's attention, which we absolutely do, and Mm -hmm. our clients have new, you know, new and and burgeoning needs in terms of, 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 of content that, 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 uh that redefines the whole industry then I, I think if we're already there then there's just such it's such an invitation to try to to try to do new work and and i think i'm finding that my agency fully embraces it there's i think the point is is that you've got to you kind of you have to do it along with your clients it can't be separate your clients can't be on one side and you're on the other i think that we have to in order for us to do it our client we have to sort of invite our clients to ask us to change do you know what i'm saying and and that's what mm-hmm. I'm finding at DDB is that it's, it's too often it might be a one-way street in terms of us encouraging our clients to do it, and then there might be other occasions where our clients are asking us to do it, and we might be failing. So I think the more we become in sync at some of these larger agencies, the more, uh, the more it's going to beget you know, unique work. And uh, I think that's what's the main thing that has to happen because I, I find too many sort of isolated situations.
2: Well, you raised a great point earlier when you were talking about about content and I mean the the need now for content is so overwhelming and huge clients realize that. How is that going to develop? Is it going to develop into places where content really makes a lot of sense or are people just slapping up whatever at this point?
3: I think you're going to find a mixture of both. And I, I certainly hope that, that I think you know I think the agencies advantage or especially these large agencies with some of these long-term advantages, is I think that they can do, or, or long-term relationships, rather. I think mm-hmm. we can... uh I, I think that we can find things that are more focused and, and, and more targeted and more in sync with exactly what our client wants to do um, and what the needs are. Um, and I, I think that's one of the areas of opportunity. I can't remember what you what – repeat the question, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about content and whether, you know, content is – Oh, if it just flies up there. an intense need for content? You know, do you just get a lot of junk around or are yeah. people really willing to put stuff together?
3: I think, I think, again, yeah, it is a matter of both. And that's one of the main things, is it's like, you know, I, I just hate to think my client who I'm spending so much time, a particular client, thinking about um, new ideas and thinking about new initiatives and, and, and bigger ideas or, or bigger uh, extensions of our ideas. And, and we're saying, well, I'm not sure they really need that. But I swear, like, by noon, if I have a client on the, you know, on whatever coast it is, I can't imagine how many calls must be on their voicemail from from other vendors like talent agencies or mobile operations or other content or smaller businesses or or, you know, a web company or, or mm-hmm. what have you you know there's just or a video game there's just so many different ways for a client to create content and, and I know that they're getting those calls and I know that they're taking those meetings and I really think they should and, and, and in that way they're helping to lead us as agencies but you know it's a matter of number one I think agencies have the opportunity to be a broker in between those situations because I, I think that that's who we are we, we help our clients manage those manage these third party opportunities and what have you And then, of course, we conceive it, bring those third-party entities in, and then extend them to our client. You know, so there's so many different opportunities. There's so much of a range of ways that agencies can stay relevant right now, and especially the big ones.
2: You know, I agree with you, but I also think, and I think I brought this up one time on another show, but I remember it so clearly. It was a couple years ago in Cannes when people were just sort of talking about branded content and you know, product integration, and they were just throwing around all these catchphrases, and Chuck Porter, who we both know well, yeah. and I were um, having a couple of meetings in during Cannes, and three people in a row told us that they had brokered the deal. To, it was when American Idol, it was, was pretty new. They had brokered, brokered the deal to have Coke and American Idol together. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I don't think anybody wasn't telling the truth. I just, it it just made me think about how kind of convoluted it can get when there's so many people involved in these kinds of deals.
3: Yeah. It's going to get more precise, though. Absolutely, though. And that's the coolest thing. I mean, I I just love the, I love case studies like that one because they help us. I mean, we're going to look back at those historically and they're going to see how they changed our whole industry and we're going to see how that worked. But I mean, and that happens in a lot of, Situations. I mean, I I can't figure. BMW Films was absolutely in, in, in such a noble, an amazing uh, uh, enterprise, but I still have no idea who really did that. I, I think basically <laughs> BMW did it basically, but um, but I I think that that's going to get much more clearly defined because I think that agencies, you know, agencies are going to redefine themselves as they go along as well because. I think they're going to have models whereby I, I I don't think you know in other words it might not happen in the same sort of way this this creation of content and and if you bring in a third party or if you if you uh, if you invent something um, i I think we're going to get more defined with it because we're going to get more accustomed to it it's it's in and clients are going to know how it's been doing and agencies are going to get smarter about when they're really truly offering such a great uh, you know uh, such a great uh, new idea or new initiative to a to a to a client but at the same time it's different because especially when you're doing such an enterprise or bringing something in or maybe where the idea is already done or something to that effect you mm-hmm. know frankly you're not getting perhaps that much out of your creative department what happens when you're doing that i mean that's what we are right we we build and we create work from and out of our creative department but what if we're bringing else can the creative has more, you know, or at least, you know, has at least shares at least halfway or if not even more so from an outside, mm-hmm. an outside enterprise. How do we define that and, and what does that do to us? And I think that we'll, we'll create, we'll reconstruct us a little bit to be able to allow for that. You know, maybe we'll become more streamlined in terms of our creative departments. And again, that's a situation where a producer could become this sort of, an executive producer is really sort of a halfway of a creative director in that sense.
2: Well, that's interesting. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break and when we come back let's talk about some specific examples of content and uh let's start with bud tv okay
3: perfect
2: we'll be back right right after this Okay.
3: sit
0: tight and don't move the hook we'll be back after this short break
1: now, experience the future of web design and development with a whole new level of efficiency, expressiveness, and simplified workflow. Introducing Studio 8, a compilation of the latest releases from Dreamweaver, Flash Professional, Fireworks, Contribute, and Flash Paper, sure to inspire you to create superior online video sites and mobile content. And now, through this exclusive WebmasterRadio.fm offer, listeners can save a whopping $100 off Studio 8. Visit the online store at Adobe. Or contact Adobe Customer Services and provide promo code Webmaster Radio in order to receive your discount. Studio 8, your way to create. It's a no brainer. Reaching customers everywhere they search is smart business. However, reaching them through web and mobile search as well as free directory assistance with effective pay per call advertising is, well, ingenious. Ingenio Paper Call delivers highly targeted phone call leads to businesses looking for new customers. And the advertising business only pays for new customer lead. Call 1-800-705-0632 today to ask about your free trial. Or go to ingenio.com slash webradio. That's ingenio.com slash webradio. Ingenio. Simply ingenious.
0: Wow. I never saw anyone fish with such a wide net before. Oh, really?
1: I don't like fishing with a pole. Can't catch the big ones fast enough. No
0: kidding. You've got a bunch. Yeah, I know.
1: This wide net gives me great distribution and reach. Really? How's it work? Well, fish like to move around to various parts of the lake, so by casting a wide net, I gather fish from everywhere they congregate. Wow, that's pretty smart. Thanks. Wide nets work and they make you look smart.
0: If you're looking to cast a wider net and fish where the fish are, Look Smart advertising solutions can help. Go to signup.looksmart.com to learn more. Flashback November 2004. A brand new radio station launched onto the World Wide Web. That station was Webmaster Radio.fm. Today, Webmaster Radio is one of the fastest growing internet media outlets in the world. The world. Webmaster Radio boasts one of the most respected talk radio lineups in the internet business world. Danny Sullivan. Chris Tall. Susan Bratt. Jim Hedger. Barry Schwartz. Schwartz Jeremy Schumaker, Ryan and Jeffrey Eisenberg. Greg Nyland. Katie Kempner. We travel coast to coast to bring you the most extensive and detailed live coverage of the most high-profile trade shows in the world ad tech search engine strategy rsa webmaster world dma ecom expo and we have brought you keynote speeches and interviews of some of the biggest influential names in business today eric schmidt andrew hayward barry diller john patel Keith for and way too many others to mention our live programming and on-demand podcasting keeps the B2B world informed. We, we are, are webmasterradio.fm, Webmaster and we're everywhere. Open your windows for a breath of fresh air. Webmasterradio.fm. And hey, Mac, we're here for you, too. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to The Hook.
2: The intersection of advertising and PR.
0: Only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host.
2: Hi, welcome back. I'm Katie Kempner, and today we are talking to David Roth, Production Director of Content at DDB Chicago. Although, there's no of, I just put that there.
3: (laughs) Should (laughs) not there be an of? I mean, even my title.
2: I'm like, there, there needs to... You can't
3: say a comma. I don't know. Yeah, no, I Well, that's what it's meant. It's, it's a symbol for of. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's you a did symbol it. for of. No, I, you're, you're <laughs> probably right. I say comma, though. I do that, though. I just say production director, comma, content. It's hard to say, though. It's hard to comma say. Comma, content.
2: It, and you can do those little, my son has recently taken up doing this thing, which I told him I will punish him for the rest of his life if he doesn't stop, where he sort of makes those quotation marks with his fingers.
3: <laughs> he keeps going. But it's funny. He probably can't help it. <laughs> it's
2: really annoying. It was yeah. funny, like, the first two times.
3: <laughs> well, did, what did you do the first time he did it? It depends on how much you laughed at that that time. Did you, did you think he was really clever when he did it? Of you course. You,
2: well, he's really clever, funny. and, you know, yeah. Yes, the first couple of times I thought it was really funny, and that was my mistake. I shouldn't have laughed so much.
3: <laughs> Maybe if you do it back to him all the time, he'll realize it'll get old for him. <laughs> no, I actually, thought of a funny story, but probably. you know what?
2: I digress. Sure. I want. There's so much I want to talk to you about. I mean, I want to talk about Bud TV because I think it is so interesting that um, you know that a, a brand is trying to create content that perhaps could be construed as unbranded.
3: Exactly. Well yeah, exactly. I mean it's really it's entertainment and that's the story. It's not it's not a a brand did a a really sort of cool website. It's about it's you know that's that's not what the initiative ever was. It was about creating original content that really made forays into into pure entertainment and and I don't I think that brands can certainly model all brands can certainly model ways to get into the world of content, and they need to, and they will. I just think some have an, an easier, um, an easier entryway, um, just because in an in, in Anheuser Busch's case, they're they are known for entertaining advertising, and their products are associated with it, and it falls within the, the brand voice, and and that's what we've hit with most all the content that uh, that Anheuser Busch has created and that we've we've created along with them. So. Um, that's what it is. It's really about doing pretty much unbranded content and, and using that as a as a device to to attract people to the brand in the long run.
2: And what are I mean, what really gets accomplished with that? If people are in, if if people are on Bud TV, you know, watching programs that aren't really branded, but they know it's Bud TV. What what I mean, what gets accomplished in the long run? They're going to
3: drink a Bud while they're doing it. I think it just builds a better bigger brand association. I just think it it does exactly what we're always trying to do out there and that is to build a relationship with consumers and I just think it 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 uh, it forges an easier path to doing it and and uh, I, I would say it, it further dimensionalizes that relationship and when you get into a world like entertainment basically and I think they're aware of it. I don't think the consumers I don't think consumers really care or audiences thereof I, these days. I don't think they really care whether something is quote Unquote pure entertainment, or whether it comes from a brand, or where it really comes from, I think they're they're far more smart than most of us consider um, in terms of when they're seeing an ad or something that is a an ad that is a soft ad or or when they're seeing pure entertainment or when they're watching you know lost on TV I think I don't think they're really differentiating as much it's just a matter of whether or not they like it and if they're attracted to it and and so I think that has uh, when brands can when brands, brands get into this and if they do it effectively I think it will work for them and and I and I don't think people will be I suppose cynicism will find its way, but you cynicism can always find it, but you know cynicism can always find its way into anything in terms of you know bombarding too many brands trying to bombard people with what they consider to be entertainment. But, again, I think the, the, uh, the uh, advantage Anheuser-Busch has is that they're known for this. And, and whether mm-hmm. people recognize it or not consciously, they know that they're probably going to see entertaining advertising when they, when they experience Bud, Bud, Budweiser advertising. And so this just takes it one step further.
2: It, seemed, <coughs> excuse me, it seems like it, this would have been just such an enormous project to undertake for them and for you guys.
3: Yeah, it has been, and you know, and it's something that they conceived out there, and 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 we partnered with them throughout, and and helping them develop it, and and um, uh, the, the, the 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 main guy, the creative director out there of it. Well, there's a, there's a Tony Ponturo who's head of media, and then and mm-hmm. then um, and Jim Schumacher who is uh, who is the creative director for Manizer Bush. and I kind of I kind of call him half creative director, half executive producer. I I, I consider him my colleague as an executive producer. Or just in terms of he, he's really spent the last year just looking for content everywhere and, and meeting with people and taking meetings and some of them, you know, DDB has been there and, and myself and another executive producer, Todd Brandis have been involved in as well as another guy, Steve Jackson, and and we've been working together with them and, and, and finding the right content for it and we also um, we also created, DDB created its own content with them um, a show called Happy Hour mm-hmm. and uh, it's just been a, it's been a, it's been a, it is, it's been a pretty thrilling and unique venture because it's just not the same thing and and um it's it's just not something that we're we're accustomed to but i you know i can tell you that anheuser-busch has a perfect guy for it because this this jim schumacher is perfectly suited for it because he just has a lot of relationships and it's something that he's developed and cultivated over the years in his role at anheuser-busch and so it's a perfect use of his skills
2: Now, I have a question, and it's not meant, you know, my whole idea of this show is to let people sort of hear what's on the mind of my guests in in a non-controversial way, but I do want to ask you something about Bud TV, because I think... It brings up some very interesting points about going forward about content, which is it's my understanding that a bunch of state attorneys i think twenty three actually have- uh, state attorney generals have written to um busch Bush to strongly encourage it to use a more effective age verification tool on bud t v
3: mhm well and it's very effective <laughs> i, I it know is that effective. It's, it's, it's very effective it's it's uh it's it's um i mean it's it 's frankly it 's very restrictive, and we all know that it 's not easy to get on the site but it, it, if there 's errors to the to the process, it errs in in, uh, in in being absolutely sure that that miners can't get involved in it, and or minors can't get on, Minors can't register. So um, they've definitely taken major cautions to do that, and getting the right getting the right uh, uh, registration vendor who manages that situation, and 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 it's it's frankly very restrictive. So I think that I think that the attorney generals will be accommodated. I know it's a controversial situation, and Anheuser Busch has been aware of it for uh, for since. The beginning of this and I can't talk too much to it you know but I mean it's something that they've been that is something that is quite literally defined this process is making sure that we were absolutely careful about that process and and so there's more meetings to happen and anheuser Bush is, is is working on that um, but, I, I
2: would think that would be I mean just taking away that Bud TV just in general when you're creating content for different clients you know For the web, it must be a trickier and trickier thing when you want to be able to reach the people you want to reach and yet not offend or allow people... That shouldn't take a look at it to take a look at it.
3: Exactly. I mean, and it's weird. It's like, you know, I just think that I think the web is going to become so broad. I don't want to say I know that the web is about it's a community and it's about sharing information and sharing thoughts and sharing words It's about a conversation mm-hmm. and especially with regard to brands and what have you, because it is it is an interactive experience. But we also know that simply the web is a means of which we and it will become the core means in, in one way or another, um, the, the way we consume content it's going to be the way we consume entertainment and so and and, and in some ways it could be a, it could be a well frankly it could be a restricted process and i don't necessarily think it has to negate the what we in other words you know one of the conversations about it is that we it was something that was you know something that could be potentially viral needs to be spread about but it couldn't be less viral because it's so difficult to to watch the stuff, and and that's true, mm-hmm. and that does seem sort of contrary to what we would presume from the, presume from the experience. And I do think we have to fine tune that, and the, and that's what and that's what is always going to be worked on. But on the other hand, we we want to create content, and we want to get it out to the people that are interested, in that and that seek us in the proper measures, and that mm-hmm. and that uh, we invite to the table. It, it's really a matter of, like I said, it almost sort of I, we want to be known in the end as somebody that as a as an enterprise or is frankly, as an is a network that is creating that is creating entertainment, and so I kind of think, in some ways, in the long run, it, the aim in in some part is to is to is to supersede the web or sort of an interactive experience. It's really to be a to, to be a entertainment situation, and, and and that's definitely you know something that that we're coping with and we're dealing with, and we knew was a was an issue. Or we and knew so, it was, can we you just going
2: back goal. to Bud TV specifically again for one second? Is there anything that you can tell us going forward that they want to do that they're about to do any any sort of scoop I
3: can't you know i can't I shouldn't be talking too much about it i mean they really they're they are they you are better with
2: I, cocktails I should have ordered you up some cocktails to your room first
3: <laughs> I've already opened it no i can't yeah i've already i wasn't allowed to they didn't give me the key to the uh, to the uh, the, oh, the man wine i should have made sure I, Just, I should have
2: called the w and said listen.
3: My guess, nice, you know, Lisa, <laughs> yeah.
2: in order to give uh, me a scoop. A so
3: we going device.
2: forward, then, without without giving away any scoops.
3: Just, I mean, no, no, I'm just saying, no, sort of right now, plan? it's... it's Right now, Bud TVs, it's just it's in its it's very early stages. I mean, that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. We we got out there on on right after Super Bowl to to get some content out there just to show that you know we've created this content. But there's lots more to happen with the website and 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 you know and and Anheuser Busch, you know that these are there's there's steps that are happening with regard to growing uh, pains and involved in it. But we want to get out there and show that we've made this content and there is it there there there's an interface to experience it. But there's lots of other things to happen with it and again you know there's 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 uh it, it's not an easy path because it's such a it's such a it's such a big step and it's it's perfect for the brand but at the same time it's not easy for a for a brand like that Mr. bush
2: well, you know, you talked a little bit, um, just to get going a little broader, you talked a little bit when, when you and I were talking before um, before the show about the Hollywood model and how there's a huge opportunity for producers and for agencies and how you feel it will ultimately mirror the Hollywood model.
3: Well, I, I just think mostly with regard to that, that, it, you know, in, in a certain you know, I mean, I think that basically when we get to it, we're gonna be talking about executive producers you know we're mm-hmm. going to when we create content or sort of non traditional especially long form as we get there it's gonna it's got to break the the pattern of how we define ourselves or how we define you know whether it's an art director or you know i I think that in the end you know an art director would be become an, an executive producer on something in terms of long-form. I just think that's where we're going. If we're going toward a content model, it's going to be hard to define it within the way we define, I guess i would have to use the word credits. I don't really look at, you know, it's not credits, it's really, credits seems like it's, uh, credits is a wrong word, but, you know, how we define our roles, and that's why, and that's why I do think it's going to, we will... I don't, you know, it's, I don't think it's the reverse. I don't, you know, Hollywood's not going to go towards us. I think we're we're heading toward, I mean, Ho- Hollywood is certainly seeking us out. But I mm-hmm. think that we'll end up redefining our roles around, you know, how they do. You know, a writer will become an executive producer and that kind of thing. Because it's a bigger, it's just a bigger enterprise.
2: I wanted to ask you one more, th- another thing about, uh, about Cannes and award shows in general, because I know that uh, DDB goes to. You know, I love Cannes. I know DDB goes to Cannes. They have that big party that everybody wants to go to. And when you were here, you won a lot of awards, and you know, you we entered award shows. You were part of a lot of the winning stuff. And at DDB too, how important do you think award shows really are in this industry? Well, I think,
3: I don't know I I think they'll stay pretty I I think they're I think they're very important because I think they acknowledge uh they acknowledge great work and I think that's what stimulates us and I, I keeps us challenged I tell you though I I just think it is just a, it is just the most one of the things that I've experienced is that having just done a bunch of long form and, and a bunch of really sort of three hours worth of, of humor content like a bunch of different shows it is the weirdest thing when you try to sit somebody down and try and show them your stuff like do you do it in the middle of the day do you do it at night you know do i do it at home with somebody do i you know it is the weirdest thing because the experience of watching like a commercial and showing what you did i mean that's that's usually 90 seconds tops you know and and i think maybe web people might experience like how do you show how do you sit somebody down and show them your extensive website? Like, it takes a while to to do that. And I, I just can't imagine what it's like in some of these awards. Um, you know, the, the committees or what have you are getting together and judging, and the judging process, and, and I know some of that's happening down there. Um, or Andrew was just down there in Argentina. And I For just, the to yeah, be the, Andrew Keller. Yes, yeah, and it's got to be such a – a difficult process to deal with long form like you know do we have that patience when do you watch something yesterday I had the, a very unique experience in that I I, uh, I brought one of my best friends over to my place and and showed him some of this stuff called happy hour which is a which is a show which is a, a one show that's comprised of seven different sort of comedy sketches for Bud TV that DDB did with AB and and I showed him all this stuff, and I was like, i literally held him hostage for like two and a half hours. And you know, sometimes he was interested. I, I really made him do it, and I knew that I was like, God, I, you know, should I, should I be doing this to him, and am I going to bore him? And you know, it was a big moment for me because this is a lot of work that I, I'd worked on. And does he like it? Does he not? But you know, it's a unique. But luckily, we were alone in my place, and he watching. He was sitting on the couch and watching, and it was actually a pretty you know, a pretty good way of consuming stuff. But I have to remember, I have to say that at times he was bored. You know, I don't like every single episode of The Office and what have you. So it's, a, it's a just a really unique process. And then last night I showed, a buddy of mine came over and we watched Extras, this that show on HBO. Oh, I uh, love Extras! And we had been talking about the entire dinner he hadn't seen, and I couldn't stop stop, stop raving about it. And then I wanted to show it to him. So I realized that I was doing the so he was staying at my place, actually, and, and I said, well, let's watch a couple, I'll get it on HBO On Demand, and we watched one of them, and I realized maybe I kind of chose the wrong episode, I mean, every one of them is hilarious, but I realized that, like, I was getting nervous, because I thought maybe he was bored, you know, I thought maybe he was bored, and it wasn't that funny, and I wanted to literally just stop watching that episode and jump to the one with, like, you know, where the guy smashes his head on the at the awards sh- award show, which is, like, my favorite one. Um and the one with the guy in Coldplay on it. So I wanted to jump to that one because I realized that he was getting bored I thought he was getting bored in the same way that I thought my buddy was getting more bored of watching some of the happy hour stuff. And <laughs> I, you know what? You know the what my is favorite
2: is, of the e- of extra, yeah. my favorite episode is when um he gets a little bit famous, he has the sitcom and he goes with his uh you know, agent, his kookie agent and his friend, um and they go to the nightclub and they get to go in the VIP section
3: and, and mm-hmm. Dave Bowie's there.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> he sings that song about
3: you're gonna lose it. I don't know. I mean, I, it's hilarious. I mean, it's, it, but that's what I'm saying, is that, like, you, I sit and watch those shows, and, and there's some, I could go for five minutes for being, quote-unquote, bored, but I know the franchise, the show is a brand, and, and so it's good, and I think that we're going to be in similar situations, so how do you show people your work, and, and at what sort of... At what sort of context do they view it, and can they view it in an opportune way? Because I'm telling you, Hollywood, I know that you know certain filmmakers and what have you, when they when they screen their film, have very particular ways that they want to screen it. And I think we're going to run into the same type of thing because it's very easy to sit down and watch a 30 second spot, you know, in any sort of context you want in order to judge it or interpret it or look at it. Yeah. But with this long form stuff, it's a it's a really unique experience.
2: That's an interesting point. Now. I can't believe this because I had so many more things. That, you know, you're, you're going to have to come back. we going to. We have to talk more.
3: <laughs> we, I, we always will, of course.
2: But listen, before you go, I want to yeah. ask you one more question, and I, I, I really want to know your answer to this because you know, you you made a big leap when you decided to go from one type of you know, agency to a a totally different kind and to move from Miami to Chicago and Mm -hmm. all sorts of changes. And, I mean, is there any advice that you could give to somebody who may be listening, who may, um, well, who would need to be listening at some point (laughs) or other, but who may not be exactly where they want to be in their life or they're looking to make a change?
3: Well, in terms of jumping from a small agency and and even a great small agency like Chrisman to a bigger agency, I would would certainly suggest that they, they go to a place that has the creative lore or has some things about it that they want to do like I was so attracted to with DDB but I'm just telling you I (laughs) would. I would do it make the jump try it do it because the point is is if they're not there now they're going to be there at at some point because everybody's got to redefine themselves now if you if you're if you have sort of very very strict you know creative guidelines and, and if you're very happy with where you are in terms of the uh, or a small or a creative shop where you are I know you have to be careful with that but I just do know that you can't think of big agencies as not having opportunities to do sort of non-traditional media because there, it's going to be happening so much because all of our clients need it we are going to change and and we are going to be doing unique work and it's inevitable and some of us will be great at it and others of us will, uh, will won't excel at it and I think that'll change our industry I think some big agencies won't survive completely but I think the ones that appreciate creative are going to have these opportunities so I think it's it's a huge opportunity it's a huge opportunity for somebody to go to go to and, and to feel because a lot of these places if they if they bring you on if you're a new thinker and what have you they 're going to invite they 're going to invite your thoughts and they 're going to invite you to help um, change and, and and navigate their culture um, it 's not that you know so many of us are working we 're working to not silo ourselves and build and and build you know and, and making certain you know sections of an agency be mm-hmm. varying from one another. I think that you 're finding that that most of these big agencies are really truly devoted to changing themselves, and I know DDB is that way, so it's worked out well for me in that sense. It really has. And so I I think, and I brought on other sort of uh, people from smaller agencies and what have you, and I I think there's a lot of room, I think that there's a lot of opportunity there for them. Great.
2: Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you.
3: Thanks, Katie. It's fun talking. This is fun.
2: Okay, and thank you Uh, for listening. That's all we have time for. Please join me next Tuesday for another uh, episode of that. Take care. Bye-bye.